Welcome to episode eight. This is it. This is the final episode of our first season. And this one is called The Art of the Pivot. And um, when you're talking about reimagining your life or imagining that which does not yet exist, I mean, this is critical. We're going to talk about how we've learned to hold all of life lightly in that when you reimagine your life and you step out into the new, when you step out into the unknown, that uh, you don't have it all figured out and you're not supposed to, that uh, often what you need is not more information or some kind of fail-safe plan. What you need is just the courage to simply take a step and then you realize that each step reveals the next and it's never a straight line and how you hold it this way actually changes everything because you realize there's not a set path but rather there's just infinite possibilities and also when things don't go as planned you can really quickly pivot and move forward without letting it just take you down and it catapults you forward into this new life that you are reimagining yeah i can't believe we got all the way through our first season oh we're doing so it. fun <laughs> Um, all right, I want to introduce a few things that we are doing right now. Um, actually, just primarily one, but it's going to be every Thursday in October, we are going to be doing a How to Set the Bible Free workshop. And this one's going to be primarily Phil leading us through some stuff that he's been working through for years. And I'm really excited about this time. Um, and if you think about it, the Bible is this powerful icon in our culture. And yet, at the same time, it's, it's this thing where it's like the most commonly purchased and least read book in the English language, which I think is fascinating. And it's been the source of this incredible hope for many. And at the same time, it's also been used as a source of oppression for, for some. And really, that's a result of how we choose to read it. And so I think for many, the way that they've been taught to interact with the Bible isn't working for them. But the question I think many people have is, well, then what do we do with it? Do we just throw it out? What do we do? And I think what it really means is that we just simply need to learn to hold it differently. And the ways that people have held it and have interpreted it over the last 2,000 years has changed so much. I mean, if you think about Jesus, Jesus didn't have the Bible the way that we have the Bible. I mean, the scriptures looked entirely different to him. And the way that he held the scripture is entirely different than the way that we do today. And so we want to talk about these things. And I'm super excited for this four-week workshop. You can come to all of them or you can come to one of them. You can sign up for that at philandjenwood.com. And we'd love just to invite you. It's in Costa Mesa, California, every Thursday evening in October. And again, you can register for that on the website. And now for episode eight. Here we go. The pivot. The final one. Um, okay, to start this one, um, I want to talk about this idea of pivoting. And so if, if, if you're going to reimagine a life following spirit... It absolutely requires that you learn the art of the pivot. And what I want to do as we start is actually break down a couple of examples um, from what I'm talking about from the earliest people that were following the Spirit in the Scriptures. And so I, I want to read to you just a couple of Scriptures from the book of Acts of what it looked like for the very first people that were following the Spirit in terms of how they lived their life, and how they learned how to pivot accordingly. First one is from Acts, and it's in the, the chapter 16. And it is the story 
about uh, this guy named Paul, who is a leader in the movement of this early church. And he's on this journey all the way around the Mediterranean world, all the way around the Mediterranean Ocean, um, essentially sharing this story about the death and resurrection of Jesus and then establishing these small communities of people that would give their life to that revolution of a God who would pour himself out for the, for, for the healing of the world. And so um, on that journey, this, this leader, Paul, is trying to figure out, where do I go next? What do I do? And um, how do I make those decisions of what's, what's like our next steps, essentially, kind of step at a time? And so if you look at chapter 16, starting a little bit in, maybe a paragraph into the story, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia in Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, which is a fascinating statement, unexplained. <laughs> Apparently there's some sense internally that they're like, we aren't supposed to go here. So they kept going. And then when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Again, that's interesting. So there's some sense in which internally they're intuiting by the spirit we're not supposed to go there, so we're going to keep going. So they passed by that city, and they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision, a dream, of a man of Macedonia in Greece, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel, which is the good news of this death and resurrection of Jesus to these people. I mean, how fascinating is that? The, the recorded history of the birth of the revolution of a people of Jesus, who would also embody a self-giving love for the healing of the world, would be completely and utterly driven by this intuiting of what they mm. sensed the Spirit was telling them to do. Like, it's wild. We felt like the Spirit said, don't go to that city, so we didn't. But in the night, we had a dream of a Greek person calling us there. So we went. And like, I mean, that's a wild setup for how the, the movement of like the sort of good news revolution started. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's not a one-off. Like in Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11, a story we actually told, I think it was in the first episode, yeah. of... Uh, Peter, who is one of Jesus's first disciples, has a vision after Jesus's death and resurrection of like a sheet that drops and there's these animals in it. The Jewish people were forbidden to eat. And in the vision, this voice from the sky said, kill and eat. And it was this huge vision of go beyond the Jewish borders of who's allowed in and who's not allowed in to non-Jewish people. And when he did, he was invited to this other person's house who was not a Jewish person. There's a lot of people there. He shared about who God was and what God was doing in the world. Those people experienced the spirit in the same way. And so he like essentially christened their invitation to be part of this movement. And he got called back to like central headquarters, the mothership of the movement. And they're like, how would you allow other people to be invited into this that aren't like us, that aren't Jewish? even though Jesus said this thing is for everybody. And he's, and then his, his example, or his, his explanation, I'm sorry, is fascinating because in 
the next chapter, this is in like Acts chapter 11, in the 15th verse, it says, this is the guy Peter explaining what happened to all the religious leaders who were saying that non-Jewish people aren't allowed to be part of this. He said, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? That was his explanation. If this is what the Spirit is doing, I'm going to get out the way. And in fact, I'm going to pivot and join in. <laughs> and he did. And then the leaders were like, well, we have no further objection. And we all praise God saying, so then even Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Like the whole thing was a movement of people endlessly pivoting as they're learning to follow the Spirit, even if it goes against everything that they had been doing before that moment. Or if you look at like the very beginning of the book of Acts, right after the death and resurrection of Jesus, they're trying to choose who was going to be another one of the main core central disciples, like leaders in the church. And they narrowed it down to two and they weren't sure what they were going to do. And so it says, so they shot dice and the dice fell to a dude named Matthias. So they, they're like, the spirit led the dice that we rolled to choose this guy to replace the other guy that was with Jesus. Like, I mean, they're like... They're leaning heavy on the like the spirit breath guided the dice. This is how they're making their life choices. Or Just like roll some dice. Even later, I'm, and, and I'm telling you so many stories because this is this isn't a one-off. Yeah. I'm not just like this is the this is the movement of how the movement was birthed. Is um, after that guy Paul had all these like communities established all over the known world. He got called back to the mothership again to account for what he's doing. Because it wasn't just enough that Peter had to account for it, but this guy had to account for it too. And they finally let christen what he did is, is good. And then they write a letter to sort of bless all of these communities that this guy had, had established. And in the letter, in the 15th chapter of Acts, they actually say, it seems right to the Spirit and to us. So go ahead and keep going. Like, it seems right to the Spirit, so we'll pivot from what we were, were doing to step into this new thing. Which is what, I mean, this thing, like, that pivoting based on following the Spirit is the pattern baked into the whole thing. Yeah. It's not a side note or thought. So sometimes you're, you're on a path, and then you realize um, that you want to make a change. Maybe you're feeling guided by the Spirit to make a change, or... Um, Maybe like these guys, it felt right in the spirit. Or perhaps you need to make a change because something is just out of your control. Or then there's when you just like learn new information, new truth, uh, and you need to adjust the way that you've been doing things because you, you know more now. And like there's like a new thing that's happening and there's this invitation that says, well, that's okay. That's part of the journey. That's what it's supposed to look like. It's like an endless pivoting through an endless following of the spirit. Yeah. I love that so much. Just the like the, it felt, you know, it felt right in the spirit. Like I resonate with that so much. It feels so right. Oh yeah. And like makes me feel better when I'm making decisions <laughs> in that same sense. Like eh, I, it feels right. You know, <laughs> we're going to lean into that. I think this is what's happening. Yeah. So in this episode, when we talk about pivoting, we're talking about it in the verb context. Just so we're talking about 
turning or rotating like a hinge. So it's kind of like when you see a basketball player and they're on one foot and they're pivoting back and forth in order to keep the ball away from the other team. That's the kind of pivoting we're talking about. So in life, there's times when things don't work out as planned and you have to make a change. And And this is the kind of thing we're talking about. Like sometimes you get more information or you change your mind about something, or you realize that something isn't working for you and you decide to make a change. Those are all pivots. And in this last season, for us personally, where we've had this huge change in our life, we've adopted this phrase now, like in our personal life, where we just go, okay, pivot. All right, we're gonna pivot. And we just, now we use it all the time, like whenever we're making a change. And it's when something doesn't work out the way that we thought, we'll be like, all right, pivot. Or when we make some sort of plans and then we realize like partway in that we don't wanna do it that way anymore, oh, pivot. Let's just pivot. Or when we learn information and like we're growing and our worldview maybe changes, then we say, okay, we have more information now. We're going to pivot. And so really it's kind of a a mentality that we've adopted, which basically it's the framework that like we're holding things lightly and that we make changes as needed. And there's, there's this like, (laughs) there's always another way, right? Like there's always a plan B that we can go with. So That's what we mean when we're talking about the pivot today. And life, it isn't this straight line forward. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a straight line forward. Growth is not a straight line forward. Like the execution of your plans is not a straight line forward. And, And like we talked about in like an earlier episode about learning to follow the spirit, like it, it, it actually means learning to pivot. I mean, if we're listening if we're discerning, if we're following the spirit in our lives, then things won't just always go in one direction on a predictable path. And if there's anything that we have learned, Jen and I, in this last season. And hopefully, I think everyone, not just us. Right. But I can speak for us. Okay, fine. Is um, <laughs> it's how to hold things more loosely and to pivot more quickly. Mm, yeah. um, and, and yes, you're right. I mean, we've all learning this. I, I, I think everybody's on their way to sort of embracing that reality with what we've all gone through in this last season. Um, I mean, how many things, how many times have things changed like day by day, hour by hour oh, yeah. <laughs> as we're looking for things to change and shift and open and adjust? And what color level are we at? If, if you're in California, you know what I'm talking about in terms of the openness or closeness of society in life. And yeah, I mean, our girlfriend's we were joking about it. We'd be like, we'd be making plans to be like, yeah, but maybe we'll do that. Like maybe. (laughs) So, which is, I almost feel like it's such a helpful mentality for life in general. Like why is it taking us till now as a society to kind of let go of the reins a little bit and not be so uptight? You know, it's, I think it's a, in a way it's, there's a good thing that's coming out of this, which is holding things more loosely. And I think it's, I liken it to, uh, to, um, having kids. Because I remember when we first had our, our oldest and it took me a while to get that um, kids disrupt your life. Like I kept thinking like, oh, like once we get past this stage, then, you know, I'm going to be able to like have my schedule and stick to it. And like things are going to go how I want them to <laughs> <laughs> just laugh. <laughs> but like, if you oh, have kids, this you know, fine. you are constantly inter- interrupted. Like your plans are constantly disrupted. And You know, whether it's your kid gets sick or, you know, you get the phone call from the school and someone's broken an arm and you're making an ER visit or somebody cuts themselves or or maybe just 
something happens at school and you need to kind of drop everything and give them your attention because they're going through something. I mean, I, it's just, that's life, right? Like you're disrupted all the time when you have kids. And, and in a way it, it's, it's kind of beautiful because it, it like reminds you like I'm not in control. And then I think the quicker that we learn that and the quicker we learn to go with the flow and to pivot and to go, oh, this was my plan. And now I'm pivoting and I'm doing something else and to not hold on to things so tightly. I think the, the quicker that we get to enjoy the journey, you know? And so for me, I, that is not how I'm wired. It took me a while to like, kind of just embrace that. Like, oh, this is just going to keep happening forever. I don't think this is ever going <laughs> to This is new life. Yeah, this is new life. Once you're a, a parent. This you is know? new life. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it can actually be a good thing to learn how to just hold your ideas and plans a little more loosely. Well, yeah. And it, it's, it's a reminder that you're not in control. And the faster you're able to realize that, the faster you're able to learn how to pivot and sort of enter into it, the, the better the journey will be. And I think on a different note, like, like sometimes you just got to like try a bunch of stuff to figure it out. I mean, like I, I think in one of the earlier episodes, we talked about creativity and how like if you're creating something new, if you're stepping into something new, it just requires like trying a bunch of stuff and seeing what works and, and what doesn't. And sometimes you just have to act when you're stepping yeah. into the unknown and you can't keep thinking about it and discerning it. It's because like, sometimes it's just in the acting that you're able to figure it out as you go. There's like a looseness to it. And it's just like one step at a time. And the reality that each step reveals the next step. And also that each step actually changes the landscape of what the next step could be. But it requires taking a step into the unknown in order to move forward. When Jen and I first got married, we, she used to make fun of me a lot. Because <laughs> but it's not so bad. Well, you did. Well, you still make fun of me, but like. Give some for, context. I used to play a lot of video games. Okay, there we go. I, I probably still would. I was really good at video games. Oh my gosh, we're bragging about that. Well, I was good. I mean, I was, re- but <laughs> there's one particular oh game that was on the computer and it was called Civilization. And I had a version called Civ 4. Those of you who oh, play you know. Oh, so nerdy right now. Yeah. And Jen's parents, I'm sorry, her grandparents lived in Japan, also Hong Kong. But when he lived in Japan, her grandpa had this epic Japanese silk robe with these dragons on it. And when he passed away, it was gifted to me, which I took <laughs> with great honor. And in civilization, you start out as like, I mean, borderline cave people, hunters and gatherers, sort of society, time period. Are we really talking about a video game yes. right now? It's one of our examples. But the thing that's crazy <laughs> in the game is that you, like the whole map of the game is dark and you're just this one little person. And every time you move one space, it like lights up a new area of the map. So we're talking about like imperialism now. Well, no, everybody was, was <laughs> hunters and gatherers, but but I, I tell the Japanese story because I would always play as Japan because I had a Japanese robe and I would get up early on like a Saturday and put on my Japanese robe <laughs> and I would sit at the table as if I was a Japanese emperor and begin playing this game, <laughs> hence why she made fun of me. But <sighs> the point is every time you took a step is it opened up more of the like world that you couldn't see before. And I, I, I feel like it's it's really similar to that. Each step reveals the next step. I mean, 
how true is it when we planted the church or founded the church that we led for those years? Oh, yeah. We pivoted like a thousand times, a well, thousand ways. Even in the dreaming of starting it was pivoting because we had all these ideas of where we wanted to be. And like, I think that we're going to go plant this church in Denver because we were doing research. And according to research, Denver was like the, one of the fastest growing cities and blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, no, actually, we're going to be here. And then we're going to be there. And then we ended up in Laguna Beach. And, and that came through like a spirit moment on a drive up to visit some dear friends in Northern California where we're like, I think we're supposed to go to Laguna. And so we did. And then like... Through that process, it was like endless pivoting, even to the point of recognizing after several years that um, the people from that city actually weren't even connecting with what we were doing, but from another city they were. And so then through a process of discernment with the community, we ended up shutting that down and like moving it to a whole nother city in, in this other city called Costa Mesa, where we um, kind of started over and did the church a second time. And But like the whole thing was an endless discerning, listening, following spirit, pivoting, which was one fluid motion of one step reveals the next, yeah. reveals the next. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a bunch, but in our transition uh, that we recently did, stepping out of the church, we've had a, another just bunch of pivots. I mean, we were planning on spending our rest, like sabbatical time in one place, and then that fell through, and then we planned on going to another place, that fell through. I mean, it was pivot after pivot after pivot, and we, you know, we've talked about this in other episodes, but we were planning on moving, and then we realized, actually, no, we're not going to do that. But the way we figured it out was by putting our house on the market, because yeah, our realtor's like, just put it on and see what you get, and we're yeah, like, okay. Okay, and, and then, I mean, that was a very public event, because oh my gosh. <laughs> turns out everyone knows when you put your house on the market, which was kind of overwhelming, but for us, I mean, we, neither of us had a piece about it. We... And we, we were offered, we got offers and we were like, no, this isn't the move right now for us. It was, it was, as the, and what's interesting is in like, like taking that step to help us realize that wasn't the step we were supposed to take. So it was like a step backwards yeah. from that step yeah. to go, okay, that's not it. So then what is it? But we still thought we were moving. We're like, oh, maybe we'll just rent we'll the house out this, and then we'll move. And, and then, then we'll look for that. And it was this endless one step forward, half step back, yep. two steps forward, yep. seven steps back. And even with our new work now, like, I mean, we've made a thousand changes with that. I mean, oh we'll, let's do this. No, actually let's try this. Okay. That didn't work. We, you know, we, how many podcasts have we, at the beginning we had to throw a bunch out. Oh, we tried again and again. Yeah. I mean, you remember the story when I wrote a whole thing and Jen fell asleep on me <laughs> and we had to restart that. <laughs> or just you, I mean, even just learning how to do this together in a way that's, this is different, like than what you were used to mostly yeah, we, speaking We've never done alone. this before. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would, I would speak alone when we when we both spoke. It wasn't like a together thing, so that took some pivoting and figuring things out. And or just naming and renaming. Yeah, we kept kind of stripping it back. Like, okay, less. Actually, we want less. Like less hype. Less. Like this needs to be really in like a more pure form. We just kept taking things away. That was interesting. Those were pivots. Well, and the thing is, it's not failure. It's not mistake. No, that's the creative process. It's not regret. It's all just learning. It's just data. Yeah. And it's not pressure from what other people think. Like in our pivoting, it was quite public. So it was a bit overwhelming <laughs> True. at times. Wait, I thought you were selling your house. Wait, I thought you were moving. Yeah, are, in wait, the text here? messages and like, you I mean, can't do that or wow. All these emojis and things. We're just like, ah, <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. Give us some space. Um, and it's easy to experience other people. Oh, but by the way, that was all with a good heart. We were getting all this. love, all of yeah, all out of love. Okay. We love you, friends. Um, <laughs> but it's easy to let all that impact you in your own following of spirit. Yeah, but, it's but true. 
We had to really silence. It's true. We had to really silence all the voices to go, okay, really, what is, what are, what is the next step? You know? But yeah. And, uh, sorry, I fully interrupted you. No, I, I, what we found is often what you find when you're living this way is that what you hear from others, it, what it can actually be is about them, not about you. It's not always, but but often it's like reactions and projections that have nothing to do with you. Because a lot of times taking a step often forces other people to confront and deal with their own stuff. And it's not personal. It's just practical and it's often subconscious and you have to recognize, oh, that must be something they're wrestling with or dealing with or projecting onto me or uncertain of. And you have to be able to separate that in order to find like great clarity to hear what is like the spirit doing and saying in me. And then also beyond that, like it's like this whole world of learning how to live lightly. Like for us, we had this unique moment in reimagining our own life. Where are we going to live? Where are we going to work? How are we going to work? Like it's, it's like discerning all the stuff. It's discerning all the stuff like we're going along one way and then you realize well that isn't it or, or oh my gosh there's new information that's come to light or, or it exposes things that you didn't know before that you couldn't have known without that step or it like feels strange in your gut which is really key i think there's mm-hmm. like what is it doing in your body because yeah. often for us it's like when we take a step and we realize it's not the right step it feels like like an angst mm-hmm. or like a tension or a, a weird anxiety in my gut. Yeah. And then when we recognize that. Um, and when we pivot. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, like something we're learning is that, that the more and more we take these steps and these pivots, it like, like without judgment, free from other people's expectations, you can just turn around and go the other way. And what's wild is when it immediately alleviates that thing that was in your gut and you change it and you're like, oh, yeah, that was it. Yep. And, and you're doing the best you can, but you've got with all the honesty, authenticity, integrity and humility that you are able to muster in that moment, which is like awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think we can ascribe so much judgment to ourselves and the decisions that we make and the paths that we choose and really beat ourselves up, you know, like if things don't go as planned or the way that we wanted, and then you kind of do the like, what if I had done the other thing? What if I had taken this other path? What if, but I think really like what we're trying to do is instead just go like, did we do the best with what we had? Okay. You know, or or if you didn't, then what can you learn for next time? How did taking that path teach you? Because I think how can we actually give grace to other people you know, when we're unwilling to give it to ourselves and we're always beating Mm. ourselves up. And I really think this has to do with our worldview. Like, is there only one right path that you can take, you know, did, or are there many paths that you can take? And yeah, so that's, that's just something that we've been talking about. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. I love it. I love the passion. Yeah. Um, another thing when, There are scripts that exist. There's expectations. And there's like a cultural script that exists. And when you follow the cultural script, like 
what you're supposed to do. The next step's already laid out before you. This is what we all do. Again, which I, is a social construct. Like someone created that social script. I know you don't like it. Yeah, that's fine. But like, there's what we all do and what you're supposed to do. Like you got to keep climbing the ladder to the next rung. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep grinding. You got to keep doing what everybody else is doing or what they all expect us to do or hold the line. Like you got to go to college, get married, have kids, climb that ladder all the way to the top of the building, regardless of which building the ladder is leaned on. So you can set up your retirement and get comfy and die. And it's like this weird path (laughs) that's laid out before you. And and when you deviate from the path of the cultural script, everybody around you is like, whoa, take it easy. Whoa, you stepped off the path. Yeah, because I do think it it raises things up in other people when you do that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's it brings other people's stuff up. But but, it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're stepping into the next and you're reimagining and you're imagining that which does not yet exist, you don't always know what it's going to look like. That's the whole point. And sometimes you just have to try a bunch of stuff and see. So you start going and you start doing, you start creating, and you see where it goes. And then sometimes you pivot. You know, and I think, like I said a second ago, I was jumping ahead of myself. I was getting excited, but it does raise the question about how you see God's will for your life. You know, like, mm-hmm. is it one, like life, life's secret path? Like there's one path and I got to figure out what that is. And I got to stay on it's that. The one God has it's for like me. this hidden path. You have to find it. Or are there infinite paths? And it's almost like, you know, this like web with, with this freedom to an, to just like like we've been given authority from god and we get to like see what that is you know like like the scriptures say you've been given the keys to the kingdom and i think if you're leaning into that second idea like it there is a lot of freedom there which again can lead you to go oh this isn't it i'm gonna pivot you know and i'm just constantly making adjustments yeah not wondering if god approves of you but knowing that he already does approve of you and is cheering you on alongside you as you go it's like really yeah and not that you don't seek god's like like that's the whole thing we talked about following the spirit like not that you don't seek direction but it's just one step at a time grace and freedom there yeah yeah and then it's like well how do you know you're on the right path well (laughs) you you do the best you can with what you have and where you feel that the spirit is guiding you and there's a, a wonderful humility and lightness. And, and, and that, that leads to like even how you talk about it. Actually, I, I, I think raises questions of like power and how we use power. Because I think there's like a false power spiritually that, that, that we can tap into, which is like more like I would call like spiritual bullying or like spiritual manipulation. And it's things like, well, God told me to. That's like strong language. Because you can't get out of that place. Mm. If the divine creator of the universe that holds all things together told you you got to do this one thing, I mean, th- then that, what? Th- what <laughs> if that doesn't work out? Yeah. We don't pivot from that. No. Um, you know what I mean? Like, often what I find is that's like projections of insecurity, and like, or like a need to try to bolster an opinion or an idea or a path with some indisputable power that's beyond you that would then give some sort of power to your opinion or your organization or your decisions or your life. Like God said, we have to do this or God told me to, or I'm being more biblical or the Bible says, therefore I'm doing this. Um, 
in ways that like would deny the that there's multiple ways to hold that and interpret it and read it. But then there's like true power, which I I think is like much more humble and honest and authentic, which I I, I think is actually much more like the Christ. Um it's like a like a power position. I think of it like basketball. Like there's a position called the triple threat <laughs> where when you have the ball and someone's defending you, if you have the ball down at your hip, you can't see me, I'm doing it. And you're in like an athletic position <laughs> and you're, you're you. pivoting off one foot. You have the ability to like spin off that foot to stay away from your defender, but you also have the ability to either pass the ball, dribble around your defender or shoot the ball. It's, it's, it's like you have three options and like you're like, you got all the options in the world before. <laughs> it's, it's a very powerful position to be in when you, when you land yourself in a triple threat in basketball. And it's almost like that, like the possibilities are endless. How am I sensing the spirit? Yeah. I think we need to start videoing these because you guys just <laughs> missed. Phil just acted out this entire thing. It was oh so my gosh. Amazing. I just freaking dunked on everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's too good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And I think it, it begs a question, like, how am I sensing the spirit? How am I reading the text? Am I doing what feels right in the spirit? Like, just following where we feel it's going. And and I think some of the questions we were asking ourselves is like, where's the life? Like, let's head towards that. How does it feel? And when things get all like complex and mucked up, like what does it feel like when you strip things away? You know, that gut check that Phil is talking about. And I think that there's like a simplicity and the elegance in that. And sometimes really when we're talking about following a path, you know, sometimes the best option is the one that just works but also sometimes it's the harder path. It's the, it's the path less taken, you know, and sometimes it's, it means choosing integrity or moral courage or risk. And that is the harder path a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we keep framing this as like following the questions, um, which is like insider language. And I'm almost like, okay, well, what do we mean by that? We keep saying that. What do we mean by following the questions or this kind of pursuit of the questions of life and spirituality and God and relationships and all that? And I think what it means is like this, this openness to like curiosity, but also pursuing truth like wherever it is. And being willing to ask the question so that you aren't frozen and stuck where you are. Because remember, we, we were saying your your view of God changes every seven years. If you look historically at the movement of, of God, like in redemptive history, like it's a constant adaptation and change and evolution and growth as you're following the Spirit and what the Spirit is doing. And so if you follow the questions, you're, you're endlessly asking, like, what is this? How do we hold it? What does it mean? What is God doing? What is the Spirit doing? How do we understand that so like that's true in your life that's true in like your theology that's true in um how you hold the scripture and we're choosing not to look away from that but actually lean into the truth of that and follow that truth where it leads yeah to where we are now yeah and then there's other times i think when we didn't necessarily pivot um but we but we got more information so we were kind of on a path and we got more information and we knew we had to do something with it and 
um, this happened when the Black Lives Matter um, movement movement was going on. I think we started digging in, specifically Phil started digging in. He'd already done tons of church history. I mean, he did like 10 years of, <laughs> of seminary, whatever. It's only supposed to take three. Yeah, but yeah, it took you <laughs> 10, so we're just going to call it 10. Whatever. Um, but I think you started really digging into like relearning the history of what actually happened and how the churches were a huge part in yeah, we... oppressing people, really. And yeah. so you spoke out about that. And other people chose, other churches chose to like bury their heads or double down. And I think when new information comes to light, we have an opportunity to choose what we're going to do with that and, to and that to pivot. And there is a humility in that. And I think if we can't admit when we're wrong and make a change, like, oh man, you know? Yeah. So, and, and when you follow the questions and you learn more then you're often faced with a choice of whether you're going to pivot and live aligned or whether you're going to turn around and double down on what was known before, which often leads to living out of alignment with yourself. Yeah. And the problem is, and we're going to talk about this more in the future because this living in alignment thing is like a huge thing for us. But when you're not living aligned, you're literally, it like splits you in half. You know, it's like, it's no way to live. It's soul killing. Oh, it, yeah. Like it, it splits you internally and it, it kills your soul. And um, if I, I think our last thought on pivoting like that is, is um, just something similar to what we talked about when we talked about following the spirit is that sometimes there's seasons where you're discerning and you're trying to figure out whether you need to pivot or not. And, and um, you need clarity and you need more research and discernment and meetings and wrestlings and planning and strategizing and journaling and praying and whiteboarding and blah, 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 blah. I don't think everyone does the whiteboarding. That's but. what I do. Um, <laughs> A season of figuring out a step or what could be next. And then there's seasons where you actually already know what to do. Yeah. And you just need a kick in the pants where you just got to be brave and you need the courage to take the first step. And you know it's not working for you. Or you know that you don't hold it that way anymore. You just know it's not working. You know it's soul killing. Like maybe it's a job or a relationship or a community or like a view of God or a system or whatever. And you know, and you don't know what's next, but you don't need to discern any longer. You don't need any more clarity. You need the courage to take a step. And you can take a first step. You can leap. You can leap without having it all figured out. Just one step. And often... We pretend we need more clarity when what we actually need is just the bravery to take a step. Yeah. So if that's you, here it is. <laughs> Here's your kick in the pants or your permission slip or whatever you need to go, man, you can do it. You can just, I think that's super helpful. Just go, man, just take a step. Just take a step. Yeah. You don't need to have, you're not going to have the whole path laid before you. So you don't need to worry about the whole thing. Just worry about the one before you. Yeah. And it's time. It's time. If that's you, I think it's time to just try and see what happens. And if you think about it, it's just going to get harder the longer you wait, <laughs> you know? So think about it in those terms. The thing is, when you when you pivot enough, it actually becomes more comfortable. Like you get used to it. You go, oh, like, oh, yeah, we're just pivoting. Of course, we're changing plans. And I think, like you said in the beginning, a lot of us have gotten more used to this because yeah. of the last, you know, season. We've, we've been had trained. To, we have. We've had to learn how to pivot and hold things lighter. And obviously it's easier to do with things like, you know, 
whatever, what's for dinner and we have to make change plans. And it's harder when you're talking about like your life or your work or like the bigger things, you know, but come on, it's an adventure. Yeah. Join us out here. (laughs) (laughs) And if you live more open-handedly, I think with this ability to pivot, it, it releases you from the anxiety of the illusion of control. And when you no longer think you're in control, you just follow where it takes you. And there's a beauty in that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the beauty is that the whole thing is a fun giant dance with endless possibilities, and it's just a lot more fun that way. And when you don't grip your life to death, then when things don't work out as planned, you can just roll with it and pivot, and it's so much easier as you're following the spirit. Yeah, it's the river. Stop trying to steer it. And just trust that you're in it. Yeah. And it's just so much more fun that way. <laughs> so this, this was our final episode for the season. Season one, baby. And what a ride. <laughs> Eight. So um, this has been really fun. It's been fun to do this with you, Jen. Um, and I'm so glad that all of you who are listening joined us. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this season, please share it with others who you think would also enjoy it or who it would be helpful for. We are just, we're loving so much hearing from so many of you, how it's been helpful, the ways that it's resonating with you, the ways that you've been encouraged or finding life from it. Like that is, that brings us the most joy. So yeah, keep, uh, keep doing that. We love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. And we'd love for you to join us for our reimagining experience, how to reimagine your life. And so we're doing three of them and there's, they're based on these eight episodes so as you've listened to this, if it's resonated with you, we'd love for you to join us. You can go to our website and you can um, you can actually register for those events. There's one in Costa Mesa. And that one's going to be super fun because um, it's at this secret, secret like pop-up location, a little black box theater. And it's going to include dinner um, with a registration from the burnt food truck. Um, it's also going to include drinks from a mobile bar. And it's going to be super fun. Um, the one in Oceanside is at uh, the Rising Co. And that's going to be a super fun place in downtown Oceanside where you can maybe head out and grab dinner and then join us after. You can even head into the coffee shop there at the Rising Co. and grab coffee and join us. That's going to be a really fun time. And then we're also doing one in Santa Cruz this fall as well. And some of those details are still forthcoming, but we'd love for you to go on the site and to register and join us. And it's going to be a really like transformative experience with all the stuff that we've been talking about hoping to empower you to look at your own life and begin to take steps towards what's next. And so we hope to see you there. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.